Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Can you say fugly sea conditions? I think this may be it for the autumn striper run down the beach and out front. Here inside Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Weekend of December 10th and 11th. It was one hell of an autumn run. Hey, the bass are still out there, but it's, uh, you got some fugly, ugly, otherwise, uh, unhappy conditions out there. I know some party boats and charter boats I've been in contact with don't plan on sailing till maybe, maybe this coming Thursday. Some uh, venturing maybe Wednesday, we shall see. But I think that's it. Again, the bass are there. It's a matter of getting to them and fishing them effectively. Now, the tog bite should resume. No problem. The tog bite's been ferocious. This crunch has been going on. The secret has been the white leggers, if you can get them. And I know uh, plenty of people still catching them on the green crabs, Predicated on depth and structure down below, either the jig or the rig. Hey, shout out to uh, Matthew Florio. Broke the long fin albacore record, the state record. He nailed one 78 pounds, 2.4 ounces back in October. Broke the previous 84 record by 3.4 ounces. Good to go. And I love my long fin tune. If you say, oh, big eye or great eating, a yellow fin or great blue. Oh, they all are. But give me the long fin at any time. Hey, a lot of stuff going on. have a really jammed show coming up in our next segment. Ed Markowski, we're talking the resumption of the bear hunt and what is going on with that. Also, hey, man, get out, uh, get off your bleep and get some bass, largemouth bass by transition period. But some pretty good fishing going on there. Local ponds and the big waters. And before we go, one final shout out. Mike, he takes him one Taylor out there, help me out of a bind Friday morning, big time. Thank you, Mike. You are indeed a wizard. Yes, he is the dad of Captain Brett. Takes him to Taylor. Man, great to have friends like that out there in the fishing and broadcast business. Grab that cup, grab that rub. We'll be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. Ed Markowski talking Yogi and Boo Boo coming up. Then Chris Smith. Oh, yeah. Bass biologist and bass fisherman extraordinaire talking this uh, late transition largemouth situation. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And this past week, let's see, uh, they were about the, hey, man, last chance. Uh, public land bucks still plenty around. Uh, deer season ends today. Also, first segment of the bear season and say there's a blog about the bears. The bear hunt is on and it will continue next week. Indeed, glorious. I'll tell you, last week I felt like when I used to box, I get punched in the guts and just drop down. Really, really was a, again, I said waiting for the other shoe to drop. You always have an inkling. You always, you never, ever, ever, ever underestimate the antis. And somehow, uh, they were able to get a state on the hunt. However, the hunt was, uh, back on a two judge ruling. A, a state appellate division judges, Lisa Rose, who eventually had to stay, and Carmen Massano ruled that the antis, uh, the, their briefs did not come up to snuff. Joining us in a celebratory interview right now, tell us what is going on. And congratulations, Ed Markowski, President of New Jersey Outdoor Alliance and the State Federation of Sports. Says everyone involved with this. Bear, and uh, I'm going to ask it, is it on now? Will it be continuing for years to come? Ed Markowski, congratulations. Thanks again. How you doing, big brother? 
Doing good, Tommy. Thanks for having me on today. Always welcome, Ed. The, the news was great. When I heard it, was a, you gave me a buzz. Was that Tuesday, late Tuesday morning, early Tuesday afternoon? I was bouncing off walls. You want to know the damage that did to the sheetrock, Markowski, but that's another story. Ed, tell us what happened when you got the word. What uh, what went down here, bud? Well, I guess uh, the state had written their brief. The, the animal rights had written their briefs, and... They, their brief was so shallow, there was absolutely no meat to the bone. And so when it was reviewed by two appellate judges, they immediately overturned the stay and reinstated the season. Um, you know, it, it, like our lawyer had called me up, uh, the lawyer, had Peter, uh, from up north. On our lawsuit, he said everything that we had in our briefs that we filed, uh, the state used to file for their brief, of why we needed a bear season. So the good thing is we have a bear season this year. The bad thing is it started late and our harvest is lagging far behind. Uh, as of yesterday, we had harvested 48, 48 bears. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, I would assume that we would be in that 20 to 25 range today again and then uh, uh, again on Saturday. Uh Listeners, excuse me, listeners, real quick, full disclosure, we're in the studio early. It's uh, it's uh, mid, uh, I should say, early Friday afternoon because we're going to be away hunting, me and the lovely Dee Marie, this weekend. So as numbers, we will see. These numbers are going to be different. Again, the season ends, uh, again, as if it's Saturday, season's going to end today. And then, Ed, it's going to restart when the segment, uh, the extension? Well, if we don't kill or don't harvest the number of bears uh, that are required, it will reopen again from the 14th through the 17th. And that would be uh, next week. That would be the uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of next week. So while it will close on Saturday the 10th, uh, it will reopen uh, if we haven't reached a significant number in the harvest on the 14th, 15th, and 16th. Now, what's that, 20% of the 188 tag bears or something? This is It's very scientific. We have the biologists second to none in the country when it comes to wildlife management. So, Ed, now, here's the question. This is a hunt. Now, again, the mild weather, it's been to our favor in that regard. I mean, some of it has been rain, snow, sleet, whatever, and the bears have gone to then almost all of them early. Uh, some of this, most of the sows, I would think, are going by the, the lack of light, whatever. You know, they're down, but there's, there's still plenty of bears around. Ed, now, this is, quote, unquote, an emergency hunt, so to speak, safety hunt. Will hunts continue now? I know there's going to be a public hearing on a comprehensive bear management plan sometime next month, correct? Yes. Uh, one of the good things of this is that the current commissioner, Sean LaTourette, has signed the current uh, bear management plan into effect. And, and that starts the wheels in motion for a public hearing, for the public comment period, and then for the publishing of the policy or plan in the register. Once that is done, we will have a black bear policy in effect that's good for seven years. Seven so years. The good thing that came out of the fact that in the end, uh, we will have, starting in 2023, for the next seven years, we will have a black bear management plan that is in place and that we can modify and we can make changes to, but we'll pretty much guarantee us the ability to have a, a bear season. Now, Ed, will there be a segment A, as in uh, past years, with the uh, archery and muzzleloader, and a segment B with the muzzleloader and shotgun? 
Yes, it'll be exactly what the biologists and what the Fishing Game Council had proposed in the past. We will have the segment A and the segment B, because only when you join the two segments together do you get a sufficient number of bears harvested to make a difference in, in controlling the bear population. So, yes, the question answer to your question is yes, there will be a A and a B, and yes, the October season and the December season will take place next year. Hallelujah. Join us on the Rack and Fin line this morning is Ed Marcassi, President of New Jersey Outdoor Alliance. Topic is the reinstatement of the bear hunt, which is going underway, and I'm thinking there will be a, uh, I almost guarantee there will be a, an extension of the, of the hunt next week, four or three days. So, Ed, as it stands now, uh, Lesniak, the the long-retired New Jersey State Senator is already saying he's filing another lawsuit. It's unconstitutional, the setup of the Fishing Game Council, which has always been in the anti's crosshairs. Again, this is going to be another brain drain, financial drain in fighting these lawsuits, is it not? How do people get involved? Well, the, the thing of it is, and, and this has been tried, this isn't the first time. It's not right. like... Uh, Lesniak has been the first brilliant uh, <laughs> lawyer who has tried to attack that. There are some pretty s firm Supreme Court rulings out there in New Jersey supporting the makeup of the Fish and Game Council. I if you remember, it was post-1970 uh, when there was a public member added and there was a non-game endangered species member added to the council. So... They have found that the council is diversified enough, uh, and there's also legislation with other councils that indicates they fill the councils with people who are familiar with the field. If you have a council dealing with law, it's usually lawyers. If it's medicine, it's doctors. In this case, it's biology and a harvest of wildlife, so it's people who have backgrounds, uh, either formal or informal, in uh, wildlife. And so... You know, Lesniak has to make money to live, so people have to pay him to do these things. And so as long as people get paid, this is New Jersey. They'll sue you for anything. <laughs> am I worried about that? No, I am not really worried about that at this time because, you know, we have case law to support us. Join us on the line again is Ed Markowski, president of New Jersey Outdoor Alliance. Ed, I, I mentioned last week, I said it was a 50-50 chance, and, and you had said that. And then now your background in law enforcement, you look at things black and white. That's the way it is. There's some gray areas here and there naturally people. This is, you know, this is humanity. But Ed, in your extensive background in law enforcement, black and white, deep down, uh, had you had a thought that there would be a, a, a stoppage to the hunt, at least briefly, and it would be reinstated? Or was it just like everyone else pretty much hands the air and see where, uh, see how it falls out? No, the only thing that surprised me was the initial response to the judge that heard the uh, the initial uh, briefs. I felt that she should have been prepared at that point in time when she received the briefs and requested them to look at the first brief filed and determine the fact that there was not enough to stop a season. Um, to, to give that first initial injunction surprised me, but I was never surprised uh, and not shocked at all that the season was reopened because once uh, we knew we'd get to the appellate where we get more than one judge, two or three judge panel, looking at the facts, the facts are what we've always said. You can't lie, you, you know, you, you can't lie about the facts. These are the facts. They're on paper. They're rebuttable. And looking at the facts, we needed a bear harvest in order to 
maintain a healthy population and maintain a certain amount of protection for the public, the livestock and property. Okay, you said it beautifully right there, listeners. Uh, that's what it is. The bear hunt is on uh, after a hearing, comprehensive uh, a public hearing on a, counter, a comprehensive bear management plan. Uh, next month in January, guaranteed for seven years. We will have an autumn hunt. We will have, you know, October hunt. We will have a December hunt. And wildlife management, yeah, science. Follow the science. Well, I had one thing, I'm, um, you know, the NJOA dealing with the hunting, trapping, whatever, and fishing rights, what have you. One thing I'm little you're know, wondering about again the, the right to carry i don't know if it's in the ngo or bell but i like your opinion again as your background in law enforcement i'm yeah, i'm getting these uh notices here and there and press releases from various organizations what will we have a right to carry there seems like there's there's roadblocks at every turn tom he's trying to put a very restrictive area on a right to carry but one of the things that is written in this bill, that's S3214, right. is one of the paragraphs on page four that has troubled me from the start. In there, and I'll read it to you so you can get it. Many states require property owner's permission before another may enter private property, dwellings, or private lands with a firearm or other weapon. Requiring consent from the property owner before carrying weapons onto private property is also in line with both the reasonable expectations of property rights owners of New Jersey and New Jersey property owners. That scares me because that means that we would become a state like Texas, that you wouldn't have, you would not be able to go on unposted private property without the owner's permission. Right to carry. And this is written into it, and I've asked it to be removed, and I see it made it through the assembly session, their, 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 their bill. And I'm only hoping that we can get that removed or at least, you know, right. clarified that it's dealing with handguns, not and, – and what bothers me, it says firearms Arms. and other weapons. There's are bows and crossbows and everything else. Everything. And so uh, this could kill the hunting clubs and the people that go out and hunt unposted private property um, in, in, in New Jersey. So I'm concerned about that portion of the bill. Uh, the rest of it is just a, a mishmash of stuff that they're trying to get through. So far, this has passed out of the assembly along party lines with 43 uh, assembly people voting for it. Uh, and I hope that uh, the president of the Senate, Secretary, takes a look at this and deletes that section H on page four, or at least modifies it to the intent of what the governor is trying to do, deal with handguns, not the weapons used for hunting. Right. That's the whole thing. Again, all comes under the umbrella of right to carry. Listen, hey, well, thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you soon. And the best to Miss Markowski. And if we don't see you before the new year, have a very merry and happy Christmas and a happy new year, and we'll see you. Okay, thanks a lot, Tom. As always, thanks for having me on. Always, always. Ed Markowski, President of New Jersey Outdoor Alliance. Join this organization. It kicks ass. And we'll see you soon, man. Okay. Yep. Up against a break. Up against a break. Yeah, the bear hunt is on. Yeah, this right to carry thing again. So you think it's just handguns? And again, it's a Murphy's throwing wall up here, wall up here. You can't even carry your own car. Blah, 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 blah. But again, those little those little things in there, those little things like that. Okay, what about private property? Permission. Whoa, what's that all about? Oh, we shall see. Politics in New Jersey keeps rolling on. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. 
So what is Talk With a Purpose? It's a lively, informative, number one rated talk show on Saturday morning. Hi, this is John DeMassey. Join me and my guests every Saturday from 9 a.m. till noon for Talk With a Purpose, heard right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And if you miss it on Saturday, we replay it on Sunday from 5 until 8 p.m. Don't miss Talk With a Purpose, Saturday and Sunday, right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. South Jersey's talk station. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Here we go. Look out below. Back inside Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Weekend of December 10th and 11th. We're in the studio early Friday afternoon. So we're going to be going away uh, this weekend. Hunt. I'm going to be back out on the Bear Trail next uh, week for a couple of days. Hey, let's hit down some, some, we haven't done in a while, some freshwater bass fishing. Okay, here's the dealio. I'm out here uh, right behind the studio, Birch Grove Park Ponds and some other local ponds right there. Looking, just twitching around the Azuri uh, Pins Minnow first, looking for maybe some of those fall stock trapped or a couple of waters uh, in the South Jersey area, the stock that I'm looking at. Everything hits a Pins Minnow. That's like putting me in front of an anchovy pizza. I mean, it's going to get consumed. It's going to get whacked and stacked. Okay, here we go. Wham! Okay, looking for a pickle. Need pickle for an assignment. Come up. Whoa, what's this? Whoa, what's this? Oh, man. Here it is, December. What's we doing with this largemouth in pretty shallow water here? Make a long story short, more than a few largemouth hit that little downsized crankbait. I says, man, they should be deeper by now. I know we had some warm days, but some free you know, temperatures and nights in the 20s. What is going on with the bass? I'm totally clueless in this stage of the game. Put in a call to Christopher Smith, longtime friend of Rack and Fin Radio, frequent guest. Chris is... Principal Fisheries Biology with New Jersey's Fish and Wildlife. Okay, Bureau of Freshwater Fisheries. He's a man, a former New Jersey Bass Angler of the Year. I understand he's, uh, was on the tournament trail. This is going to be on again next year. Want to keep 27 years between starting as a seasonal and going full time. Want to get expert bass fishermen, expert bass biologists. Want to get my finger on a pulse. How can we catch bass consistently or can they be caught consistently in this? Late fall, soon to be early winter period before ice. If we do get ice in South Jersey, Chris, thanks for joining us. I know that was a mouthful, it was an earful, but when I called you. I was totally flummoxed. I was like, what are these fish doing shallow? Not big fish, Smith. Nice size largemouth, though. And I said, what is happening, man? I figured they would be deep. What do you think is happening? Right. Like, uh, you know, like always, Tom, thanks for having me on the show. Always. Um, appreciate it and uh always uh, always like getting on here and, and and talking with everybody so you know what i'm thinking right now um you know definitely fish are in you know they're in that transition period um you know as temperatures you know are starting to cool down we've had some you know pretty significant you know cold fronts come through but the temperatures were so warm all through all through uh you know uh, november indian uh, summer november, right yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we had we saw 60-degree temperatures up until Thanksgiving almost this year, which is kind of, you know, not unheard of, but, uh, you know, a little, little unusual. Um, but it's really kept some of those bass a lot shallower than they normally do. We do get bass that, you know, all winter long, particularly in our smaller, you know, smaller, shallower ponds. Those fish are always shallow. They have to be. They have nowhere else to go. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great time of year to be targeting largemouth. And Chris, uh, I spoke to several other uh, people that have been out on the water. Tom P., this is the latest we're catching bass in any significant numbers. And, and Chris, uh, more than a few have been fishing from the bank. So I said, yeah, like you I, said, they are shallow and they're coming in. Now, Chris, following the bait fish? Or what, what's the dealio? 
Yeah, depending on the lake. You know, we've talked a lot over the years with these lakes that have gizzard shad, ones Ooh. that may have herring in them, that might have some alewives in them. Um, so a place like, you know, like Parvin State Park or Rainbow, Union Lake, um, you know, Alloway Lake, places that have a real good gizzard shad population. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about Alloway off the record. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. So, so those lakes that have these gizzard shad populations, the bass will target and key in all winter long. So really, and a bass, you know, like a lot of fish, really never go dormant. You know, as long as, you know, all winter long they have to feed they might be a little slower than they normally are, and their metabolism's a little slower than it is during the summer, but they'll still go on feeding binges. So you get weather patterns where you get a warm-up, and then you get a cool-down. So usually on the warm-up, you get a couple days of warm temperatures. It pushes a lot of fish, usually not the big fish. It usually pushes a lot of smaller fish up towards the bank. Then you can catch them right along the shoreline trying to get warm. Those bigger fish are usually staying a little bit deeper. Those are the ones that are also going to roam around chasing those gizzard chat out in the middle of the pond. But you'll see that with the warm-up and the cool-down, um, you know, you, you, you're able to establish a pattern of, uh, you know, of activity, of seeing, you know, between the big fish and the little fish and when, you know, right. whether whether they want to bite on the warming trend or whether they want to bite on the cool-down. Um, and that happens all winter long. Well, Chris, conditions-wise, now, has there been – uh, has there been again besides the shallow I mean, forget the shallow orders has there been the uh the turnover the annual turnover in places like uh union lake uh, lake lenape and some of the deeper waters has that or is it still in a state of flux no that that that's all occurred i mean that that still occurs you know at the same time as it always would about okay. mid october is when we start to see turnover you know in these deeper places um usually it's you know characterized by uh you know usually the water gets a little murkier for a little while you might have an algae bloom for a little bit different than our harmful algal blooms that we've been having in recent years um but you'll see that normal turnover change of color um you know after the turnover occurs and usually it's about the same time that all the leaves start falling off the tree you have that distinct like you know some of our south jersey ponds you know it's particularly in the you know the fringes of the pines you know some coastal stuff you know atlantic county um you'll see as the oak trees you know start to drop uh the, the lake will turn like almost like a black color and eventually right. it kind Exa of stabilizes yeah. it, it'll it'll stabilize where it starts to clear up afterwards you know and, and, and it will and i know you know a little um one of our trout stock locations in upseekin heritage park pond you know I cut my teeth, you know, fishing there, you know, for bass, you know, as a little kid. Oh, boy. Um, They're still an, you know, <laughs> still great, still a great little pond. Um, and that's one that always has had that, too, where you get, you know, you will get the, uh, as the leaves start to fall, the lake turns kind of like a blackish color, and eventually it clears up. Chris, so I'm, um, on the lower end there, one of my big surprises, uh, <laughs> uh, we call it the Ipsican Pit. Uh, again, it was with my favorite little Yuzori, maybe it's a Snapchat or something like that. About a five-pound channel cat. Now I said, so I oh, called. Yeah. I called Craig at the Hackensack Hatches. Yeah, Tom, we just put some bombers in there a couple of weeks ago. So, and yeah. and that's besides the bass. Mm hmm. So, you know, and it's a great time this time of year to always have that those incidental catches and you know you know other stuff biting. Whether it's ponds that have you know some really big pickerel in there, great time to catch pickerel. Mm -hmm. Crappies are, are a great cold water fish. Yellow perch are a great water fish. So, you know, you might have a day where, you know, you're targeting largemouth. I always carry that extra bag with me, you know, with some crappy lures, you know, with some little jigs and bobbers and stuff, little hair jigs. You might, you know, a poor day bass fishing, you can always turn it into a good day crappy fishing. So. This is true. Chris, now when this cold eventually does settle in, it's inevitable. 
Where can, for example, on a place like Union or listeners, Lake Lenape right in downtown Mays Landing is just an incredible bass fishery for its size and some some really monster chain pickle in there. Can they be patterned as such, Chris, on your electronics or if, will they be staged in like drop off certain areas uh, below sunken weeds and will they school? We'll say all yes, all of the above. Oh. Um, you can find fish. I've I've personally caught fish um, at Union Lake and Lake Lenape in in December and in January when it's obviously when it's not frozen um, in the deepest part of the lake. You know, so I've caught fish at Union Lake in twenty seven feet of water, and oh. on the same day, I've also caught fish in five to six feet of water when there's ice along the shoreline, ice along the uh, the standing reed grass. Wow. Uh, I caught them on a suspending jerk bait, you know, fishing the first drop off and you know, like a six to eight foot drop off with a jerk bait. And I've also caught them dragging a jig, a silver buddy, um, the blade, I was know, just, a little. It, it, yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to ask you about the uh, like the head and sonar blade and the silver buddy. Those blade baits can be devastating, yeah. Chris. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly in the places that do have, you know, real good bait fish populations like like an alewife or a gizzard shad. They really seem to key in on that stuff. The, you know, places, you know, the small ponds, it, you know, it, it's a little more difficult, you know, especially fishing from the shoreline, um, you know, using like a silver buddy, like dragging it. It's more, of you know, yeah. a bait that kind of you have to almost be in a boat. Yeah, exactly. Effectively. Yeah, but, it, but definitely, you know, places that don't have it, um, as much of a of keen and on that on that silvery bait fish uh, that's more of a yellow perch or even a you know a, a bluegill forage base. I, I personally haven't done quite as well on a, on a silver buddy in those type of lakes. Well, Chris, situation here: some of these um, housing developments, senior citizen or you know, can, senior citizen living, as I call it. I'm a senior, but now for many years it seems. Yeah, you, know, you see these ponds here and ponds there, and there's access. You know, you can fish. These things rarely get five six feet deep now will those fish be in those deepest parts like i said the sunny day they will come shallow does pl- do plastics like jig with a sassy shit on there or anything like that or you know yeah. the swim jigs have a place in that that shallow water game yeah absolutely that's a bait that we've been catching them on in the last week or so uh fishing from small ponds fishing from the bank um you know we've been doing that um spin and rod six eight pound test line you know, a little, um, either a little uh, Ned head, a little ball head jig, uh, eight ounce, Ooh, yeah. you know, a little eight, yeah, mm-hmm. a little eight ounce with, with, you know, even like a little Kitek on it, um, you know, or a little sink, you know, look, you know, little Senko or something, three inch mm-hmm. Senko, you know, a little Ned rig, um, something that mimics, you know, either a shad, if it has shad in it or a, uh, you know, you know, basically came in a normal, yeah. you know, watercolor. Yeah. But I mean, that's absolutely, they'll, they'll sit in those little bit deeper holes. Um, you know, finding the deeper hole is definitely key, even in those little ponds. Once the fish kind of do settle into their winter, and they're and they're doing that now. They're just we've had sustained temperatures now down with water temperatures in the low 40s. It's about 41 to 43 degrees right now in most mm-hmm. of the ponds. Um, they're kind of settling into those deeper areas now. Okay, Joseph, on the Rack and Fin line is Chris Smith. He is a principal fisheries biologist, New Jersey Fish and Wildlife Bureau of Freshwater Fisheries uh, Tournament Angler, former New Jersey Bass Angler of the Year, bass fishing expert, bass fishing biologist extraordinaire. Well, Chris, let me ask you this. Does it get to a point, because I've, I've caught plenty of largemouth and smallmouth through the ice, you know, certain situations where they 
what do they, will, will they like maybe pick off a sunny or a shad once a week? Their metabolism really slows or can they be aggressive uh, on the cold water situations? I think it depends, you know, I, I think that depending on the, the water body, you know, really, I, I, I truly do believe that those places that have like a gizzard shad, you know, forage base, there's just something about those lakes where it seems like the bite and the aggressiveness of the fish seems to last and, and it goes longer. Okay. Really, the the coldest part of the winter, you know, at least for our South Jersey area, um, is usually that you know those middle weeks in in January, up into that first week in February. So say like second week in January to the first week in February, that's usually like the coolest, you know, the coldest it's going to be exactly, in South Jersey. Right. After that, you know, I, I've had fish, you know, the first week in February, second week in February. Um, where, you know, breaking on the surface, um, you know, regularly, I've, I've caught fish, you know, just for, you know, for giggles, I've thrown a, you know, a top water walking bait, you know, in, you know, 34 degree watering and caught fish before, um, it's not the preferred way. It's not the preferred way to, to target them, but you know, I've, I've, I've caught them like that. Um, so yeah, I mean they they stay absolutely they stay active. I think those lakes that you know that don't have the gizzard chad that focus more on the bluegill and the golden shiner. I think mm-hmm. they kind of they kind of get into that little more of a typical winter pattern where they will go into the deeper holes and it takes a little more to kind of wake them up. Once they go into their into their true winter mode, um, it, it takes a little more for them to wake up. But if some of those lakes, you know, typically like those gizzard chad ponds, they, those fish kind of stay awake all, all winter long. Good news. That is good news. Uh, Chris, some of the top South Jersey lakes, again, uh, one of my faves is Lenape. Uh, there's, there's Alloways, uh, Union Lake, of course. Listen, I'm telling you, you know, there's a packet up north, there's spruce run. We get that a lot. But I'll tell you, Chris, Union Lake holds its own, man. That is one of the best bass fisheries in the state. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's always been one of my, one of my favorite. Um, I try to fish it still as much as I possibly can, you know, not nearly as much as I would like to these days, but, um, absolutely. I, I, you know, I like fishing there in the wintertime, particularly. Um, it's, it's just a, to me, it's a, you know, especially with the, uh, you know, with the electronics that we have today. It's scary. Um, Those are scary. Those are scary. It it is. (laughs) It it is. It, it makes it a lot easier to find, you know, find fish, stay on fish, um, find the right fish. Unless um, I, I, yeah, yeah. So say that's cheating. Hey, you you lead a horse to water, as a cliche goes. <laughs> you can be on these fish. You still have to make them bite. And believe me, I'm in a boat where people look at me. There's fish on the Atopi. How could you not catch it? What's wrong with you? We know that story, Smith. So <laughs> I guess that. Well, Chris, before I let you go, I just want to say congratulations on the Bureau. You've been here a long time. All the biologists, workers, techs involved. In your years now, the improvements in the freshwater fishing across the board, especially bass in New Jersey, has been second to none. Chris, the programs, everything seems to just be coming together. New Jersey has begun an article in the Fisherman last spring. New Jersey has become a freshwater fishing destination, has it not? 
I absolutely think so. I think that things are, you know, they're definitely in many cases better than they, you know, better than they ever were. Um, you know, I think we have great opportunities, you know, close by, um, you know, no matter where you live in the state, um, there's always some location that's close by, you know, down the, whether it's a down the street park pond, you know, within an hour's drive, you know, if you have a boat and within an hour's drive, there's a, you know, there's a larger pond um, that you can use your boat at. Um, you know, we have some great stocking programs, you know, be mm-hmm. it, you know, bass or catfish, um, you know, our, you know, our musky stocking program, Northern Pike. Um, you know, we have some really great programs right now, you know, yeah. some, you know, successful, you know, um, regulations with our trophy bass lakes. Yo, um, yeah. You know, some some really good things going on in the state right now. Chris, uh, I mean, not to put you on the spot, are there any uh, plans in the works to, to, you know, add more to the to trophy bass lakes? We have some tremendous waters that, I mean, that you wonder, boy, this would be a great one. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've I think we've talked about it in the past. And, you know, we always have, you know, that those type of regulation changes are always being considered, you mm-hmm. know, as we go out annually and we do our electrofishing surveys and we're monitoring populations, you know, looking at how, you know, how these populations are being utilized by anglers. Um, yeah, we're always kind of looking at other yeah. potentials, you know, for adding to that program. And, and we and we may in the next few years. And Chris, when it comes to the bassings, listeners, especially this to, uh, hiding in plain sight, these suburban and urban park ponds, some are, some are stocked, you know, with catfish, some are stocked with bass from that great crew up there at Hackettstown. But Chris, you have, I mean, where I've seen some jaw dropping catches made in waters that, okay, they're stocked with trout in the spring and who cares after that? Or that's just a sunny and bullhead pond. Who cares about that? Well, you could have some superlative bass fishing opportunities if you just take the time and explore waters that just seem too obvious to be any good. I mean, I could I could uh, rattle off a list of twenty right off the top of my head, man. It's amazing. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, def, definitely, as I said, you know, and you, as you said, just said, you know, um, you know those those little, you know, those little ponds that you know you have that diamond in a rough that uh, right, you know, that you duck right down the street that you, you drive past every day, maybe going to the grocery store or something. You never really think about it. Um, you know that you know the quality of the fishery that exists in many of these small ponds. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Chris, yeah, and, and I, I, I was surprised. One guy said to me, he says, you're not going to believe the fish that are in there, Tom P. I said, what's that thing, an acre and a half? He said, try it. Went in there with a Ned rig. Again, following my own, and I just think that I always see a lot of people fishing there in the spring for the truck. And I, Chris, that little Ned rig, again, not big bass, but plenty of them. And you say, wow, mm-hmm. how many times have I driven by here in the past 25 years? So that was just yeah. a, that's just a great fight again, Chris. Congratulations and uh, keep it up. Now you may be back on the tournament trail again next year. We always keep dabbling. It's the com- the competitive nature of uh, <laughs> of, of, of a lot of uh, former former tournament uh, bass anglers. We still uh, have that competitive uh, drive that we we like to dabble every now and then. Well, listen, he's uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a good hint, Chris. I tell you, hey, one thing, Chris, will there be uh, an in-person uh, fisheries uh, meeting like they had, and I know they've been doing it virtually, you know, like the forums. Will that be happening in 2023, maybe over there at Bass River? Please say yes. Right now. Or Bats, though. Um, bats, though. I'm sorry. It, I, yeah, I believe that it is going to be virtually again uh, uh, for, for the for these, for our traditional forums that we've had in the past. Right. However, 
you know, to be announced later on. Um, working with Chief Kraus, uh, he has indicated that, that we uh, we do have, and he does intend on having some in-person uh, meetings also. So details to be announced, uh, you know, at a later date. Uh, but the forum itself will be virtually done this year. Uh, okay. We have such a great, the one thing is with that, we've had such a great attendance uh, virtually over the last few years. Okay. Um, okay. Probably three, four, five times as many people there participated. Um, Excellent. Participated then. Okay. Virtually than we did, than we have had in person. Um, but we still absolutely as an agency and as, as biologists, we still, you know, we like that personal um, interaction, the in-person interaction. So we do have something, you know, down the road planned. Um, but for right now, the actual forum will be, will be, will be virtual. Fair enough, Chris. I had to ask you that. Listen, you have a very Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Best to Michelle and your two beautiful daughters you and your dad. And get some time on the water. Hey, any chance uh, we can get together for a crappy trip on uh, Union Lake? Maybe please say yes. I'd, I'd like to. <laughs> I'd like to. Okay, Chris, you take care, brother. Be good. All right, you too. All right, thank you. Chris Smith, excellent angler, just just a super biologist and a great guy. Okay, grab that cup, grab that rebel. Be right back. Rack and fin radio. Hey, what's coming up? We have the Wildwood Fishing and Boating Expo in a few weeks. Woo, that's going to be a knocker. Be right back. Rack and fin radio. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. Fox News, I'm Jill Nato. One of America's best-known soccer writers, Grant Wall, has died while he was reporting from the World Cup. Wall was covering the Argentina-Netherlands quarterfinal match when he collapsed at the stadium. Earlier in the tournament, Wall was briefly stopped from attending the U.S.-Wales match because he was wearing a rainbow-colored T-shirt in support of gay rights. I'm Eric Messersmith, Fox News. Federal health officials are warning about a deadly triple threat flu, RSV, and COVID. The CDC estimates this flu season so far, 13 million have gotten sick with 120,000 requiring hospitalization. In total, 7,300 have died. And that's just from the flu. Health experts say there's also RSV impacting kids and COVID to worry about. Fox's Lauren Blanchard, America's listening to Fox News. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey for the overnight, mainly clear and cold. Low temperature down to 25 degrees. And for Saturday, those clouds will thicken up, especially along the shore. Look for a high of just 44 for the afternoon. Saturday night, cloudy, not nearly as cold with a low of 36 degrees. Heading into Sunday, mostly cloudy. Bit of rain at times into the afternoon. High temperature on Sunday climbing up to 50 degrees for the afternoon. I'm Mackie Weathers, Matt Benz on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. But hey, people, it's showtime. Coming up in, let's see, three, maybe four weeks, it's the Wildwood Fishing and Boating Expo. And this year, it was good show, laser, good solid shows here. This year, it's going to kick some ass big time. We're looking at... Oh, how many, uh, like 70-something, 80-something exhibitors? 45,000. No, is it more than that? How many square feet of it? The place is sold out. The Wildwood Convention Center is sold out. A little teaser right now. We got him. He's on. He's running all over the place. Jerry Vessels, uh, owner and promoter. 
He's all over. I mean, he's like going to meet. He's bad like a pinball. Bang, 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 boom. Got him out a little bit, Jerry. Talk about the upcoming adventure. How you doing, little brother? What is going on? Oh, I'm breathing deep, Tom. This is the first time I sat down in like three days to talk to you, buddy. And I am pumped. Jerry, I, I'm, I'm too excited for you, man. This is this is going to be just a, a, a thunderous event. You, you, you have it down. You're sold <laughs> You're sold out of space for a January show. Now, listen, there's, there's another show coming up the end of January. And, you know, we have the, the Saltwater Expo, whatever, in February, March up there in Somerset. But this is a South Jersey, Cape May fishing and boating show. You have an incredible list of exhibitors, Jerry. What, 75? I, I, I ran out of paper here on a printer here. Man, you got it knocked, bro. Uh, we've got, Tommy, we got nine or, excuse me, eight boat boat vendors this year. You got eight? Up from last year, eight. Yes, correct. We we had to expand. We've got over 90 booth vendors with no. uh, 70 different uh, companies being represented. We we got you covered. Anything you need, boating, fishing, gear, accessories, apparel, services, power, repower, uh, boats, trailers, hooks, custom custom fabrication. We We have it all, Tom, under one roof without the pressure of the big boys pushing you down the row without getting a chance to meet and yep. uh, talk to people. I want to get a little, some, less, the next couple of weeks, we're going to be having a little tease here. I just want to get to briefly, you have a New Jersey own celebrity, known, known internationally. I had the opportunity. I've known him for a hundred years. Fish with this guy. Tell us about who the, I and mean, you're going to have a good list of seminars. Listen, again, one thing about this, show, you're going to learn something with the seminars, but you have a hot shot, big gun coming in. Who is it, Jerry? Who is it? Oh yeah. We got a uh, New Jersey native, Nick Hanashevsky who is from Saltwater Underground that you see on the Discovery Channel and Sportsman Channel. Nick is going to grace us with uh, being on scene to answer questions. He's going to do a seminar on how-to with some of the local bottom fishing, even some party yeah. boat fishing that Nick's done. I mean, he he touches all the bases and, and uh, gets the point home on, on how to catch some fish locally. Okay, listen, it's coming up in a few weeks. Uh, Saturday, January 7th, show hours, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Sunday, January 8th, show hours, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Hey, Vessels, I have to ask you about the... It's a great facility there, the Wildwood Expo Center. The uh, the convention center, rather. The parking, what's the dealio, my brother? The parking is free, Tommy. We got free no! parking. <laughs> that's Jerry, that's a win-win right there, man. Oh, it's a, a grand slam, Tom. Everything about our show is is a grand slam. With the from the top rate facility, the people who work there, all the great vendors, the tremendous people who showed a great deal of of uh, trust in us, bringing us this show in January last year, and we're we're super excited. Jerry, the market excited. the market being what it is, uh, the lovely Demer and I left last year, and she said. Man, I just noticed on four, five, six of these boats sold, sold signs. So you, you they moved some inventory last year, and now it's going to be they even were, bigger. Correct? Yes, yes, and that that was one of the reasons. Like we, I received basically four complaints last year, and all four said we want more boats, Jar. We want more boats, and now, uh, I listen. I listen. I'm I'm the guy that takes all the credit or all the blame, and and I was listening. <laughs> that he does. So we got couple dealers expanded their space. We got two more dealers. We have um, Key West, Tidewater, Aquasport, Bentley Pontoon, Starcraft, UAB Inflotable, Sun Chaser, Wellcraft, Scarab, Ranger Tugs, Worldcat, Nautic Star, 
Quest, Carolina Skiff, Kawasaki and Yamaha Wave Runners, Finn Seeker, Missy Harbor, Mercury, Suzuki, Honda, Yamaha, <laughs> Repower, and Service. Listen, How's that? This is it. Get the jump on the season. Go to the show in January, and God spares right there. You'll be on the water by June. Is that your, uh, is that your yeah. saying? Jump in in January. Be boating by June. Okay, Jerry, you are doing a studio here in a couple of weeks. You cannot escape, Vessels. I know your route in the morning, but I got you. I got you pinned. <laughs> okay, Jerry, we'll see you next week. Uh, no, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. But next week, listen, another teaser. We're going to get more and more into this, this show. It's going to be a hell of an event. Jerry, have a good weekend, man. All right. Thank you, Tommy. Have a great weekend. See, see you, buddy. That's going to be a hell of a event, man. Jerry Vessels really has it rocking. Hey, mention power. Anything, all your power needs is for your boat, for your RV, uh, just camping, whatever, keeping warm. Everything you have, you, you need is right there at Batteries Plus. Two locations, 900 Tilton Road, Suite 3 in Northfield, or 1215 Route 73 in Mount Laurel. I'm shouting out right now to Scott Spencer. Over here in Norfolk, and Farrow, I will be back in the area on Tuesday with the cards available. Because here's my deal. This is what I want for the winter bow season and some uh, late winter goose hunting as it gets really cold January, February for those snow geese. I want that rechargeable, heatable seat for my butt. Now, I have a lot of cushion back there, people. Down there, I should say. But let me tell you, it gets cold. Don't like a drag a heater in a blind. It's, it's pain in the ass. Now, this rechargeable seat is just, just unbelievable. And the Thaw Bluetooth foot warmers. Getting okay, you four hours on that charge in there, man. Nothing kills you more than, well, except the wind going down your throat. Nothing kills you more than cold feet during the winter period. That is it. They have them all there. 900 Tilton Road, Suite 3 in Northfield, 1215 Route 73 in Mount Laurel. Batteries, everything for you. I mean, winterization, everything is there. Scott, Farah, I'll see you on Tuesday. Back to wrap it up. Rack and Fin Radio. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Healthy life. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Yeah, back inside, wrapping it up with me, Tom P. Rack and Fin Radio, weekend of December 10th and 11th. Hey, hey, lest we forget... Pheasant and quail stocking resumes, okay, for this Tuesday the 13th and the next Saturday the 17th. Here are the numbers. Our fave in Central and South Jersey wildlife tr management area tracks that are loaded, dosed, and otherwise packed with birds. Let's go pheasants first. Now, these numbers are for both stocking days, Tuesday the 13th and Saturday the 17th. Kyers Mills will get 200 both days. Howardsville, 50 both days. Manahawk and also 50 both days. Medford, 80 both days. Stafford Forge, the Forge. We always go around to where the ponds are. Again, less birds, but less people. That's 160 and 160. Dix, 130 and 130. Glassboro, another one of our faves, 100 both days. Heiserville, 50, 50 both days. Mad Horse, 90 and 90. Millville, the big gun, pun intended. 340 both days. And my little Nantungson. I love my Nantungson. 110 and 110. Port Republic. Hey, man, right there, exit 48 off the Garden State Parkway. Go down, come around. Only a couple of fields, but plenty of opportunities. I notice especially Southern Jersey, after after shotgun buck week, man, the, the numbers of hunters goes way down, but that's all right. Tuckahoe will get 110, 110 both days. Winslow, 140, 140. Again, Port Republic will get 50 and 50. 
for the Bob White Quail Greenwood 600 and Peasley 600 for the 13th. This is weird. I don't get this. For the Saturday, only 260 for each. Ah, maybe the numbers transpose in a digest. Who knows? But um, plenty of opportunities out there. Like I said, opening this weather is fugly. But uh, still get out there, enjoy. Now you have your uh, three-day in certain DMZs. You got your three-day uh, Dode shotgun, whatever you want to call it, either sex coming up. And then you have, uh, depending on the DMZ, you, there's going to be special permit shotgun, permit bow, permit muzzle right through February. And it's going to be here as soon as you know it, January 1st. Opening of winter bow. Small game open. There's a lot of stuff going on. Get out there and enjoy. Get to some of those ponds close to home. The large mounts are there, and they'll be biting. See you next week. Rackovin Radio. God bless America. God bless our troops. God bless our first responders. And God bless law enforcement. See you next week. Get out and enjoy. Rackovin Radio.